Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stevens. And as usual, we have plenty to talk about here on this week's episode. It's great to be back in the booth at New Smyrna. We had a pretty good event over there. Uh, a couple different tracks in Florida in action. So we have around the state. Um, NASCAR was at Kansas and the playoffs have been shaken up once again. So again, we have plenty of stuff to talk about. It was a pretty fun weekend, not going to lie. So I'm glad to have you guys tuning in. Um, By the way, I already have something pretty fun and different planned for next week. We're going to have a very special guest joining us via the phone for next week's podcast. So um, that's what we call a tease to not only listen to this show, but make sure you tune in next week and every other week as well. We always have something fun to cover here on the show. Um, like I said, good to be back at New Smyrna. We had a couple weeks off, uh, one week, uh, for the Coke zero 400. And then the next weekend was our scheduled off weekend for September. So every Saturday here through the end of the month, we will be in action. We do have the Armadillo 100 Enduro coming up this Saturday. So a little bit different of an event coming up, but it should be a lot of fun as always. I really don't know what we're going to get for that one. I've got a handful of drivers committed. I hope we get a nice field. But it is what it is. We're gonna go have a good time and uh, put another uh, put. We'll, we'll put a cap on the the armadillo for a while. We won't be doing enduros with the uh, with the repaving coming up. So um, this will be the last enduro for a while. So if you like enduro racing and you like going really 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 fast and you like winning lots of money, this is the last chance to do it. So let's get into let's just cut right to it. Let's get right into what went down at the New Smarter Speedway as we had race number four of our Prolate Model Challenge Series. You know, I'm I'm not going to lie. It it was a fine turnout for what it was. Uh, I kind of expected, when I did the show last week, I I knew of about eight drivers. And I was thinking, now we'll probably be right at double digits. And we were. We were at 10. So not the biggest field that we've had this year. Obviously didn't rival the Shark Bite. That event was amazing. But... It was solid. We had some pretty heavy hitters coming from out of town, and we had most of our locals. Now we're I, and I knew this was going to happen after the shark bite. I knew we we're going to be kind of not not in trouble. By by no means were we in trouble, but I knew we we're going to be down a couple of cars with two of our locals, kind of our underfunded local teams, independent teams, if you will, for lack of a better term, getting taken out in that big crash, and they weren't able to make it back. So we were down Kenny Christ, we we're down Mike Amato, uh, just to name a few. And for whatever reason, the Shark Bite 100 this year lined up with a lot of people scheduled to where they could make it. And this race, it, for whatever reason, didn't. There was a lot of options. I mean, the point leader wasn't here. He was racing Supers at Auburndale. And, of course, we're going to check in with what went down at Auburndale with the twin super late model races. So, um, But all in all, like, like I said, we had double digits. It was actually probably the most exciting pro late model uh, race for the Hoosier Challenge Series this year. So... Um, can't judge a book just by its covers is, is what I'm trying to get at. I, I was afraid this car count was going to be a little bit down and it, it was, but the competition level took a step forward and the excitement level, the last eight laps of this race, if you have not seen it, I, I don't like to say this, but pause the show right now on your player, go to speedway video, watch like the last 10 laps and then come back and listen to what I have to say about it because it was awesome. It really was, and I think I made a comment even at the track. Um, you know, I've been coached to avoid, don't 
just sit there and talk about car count, car count. Just focus on the action. And and I think I made a comment, like, you know, normally at this point in the race, there's probably maybe 40 laps to go. I was like, usually at this point in the race, we have about nine, eight or nine cars left. Even with a shark bite, we had a huge field, but by halfway, it was dwindled down to about nine cars. So um, at least in this one, there's only one driver that really uh, had trouble and pulled off early, and that was Mike McAuley. He was a brand-new car, didn't get much practice with the rain on Friday. Um, I think he was late getting to the track on Saturday, so really was going into it blind. And I, I command that team. They were also involved in that big wreck that took out Mike Amato and Kenny Kreitz back a few months ago. And they were able to get – I mean, it's a brand-new car. So they weren't able to fix theirs because it was destroyed. That, I mean, that wreck was savage. Um, but a brand-new car, and it just – they, they missed it. They, they It just wasn't quite dialed in. And Mike was, you know, I, I shared the Speedway video video on my Facebook. And Mike was like, oh, yeah, great to see. It was real great watching my calamity. And, you know, I just commanded, commended him for showing up and being there and continuing on. Because he could have been like, ah, I just destroyed my car. We're done. Um, but the determination the for that team is there. And the, the result wasn't this weekend. Um, they did out-qualify a driver, so, I mean, it wasn't a, a complete, you know, loss, to say the least, but uh, they missed it on the, the brake bias and spun out a couple times, and then looks like the radiator was leaking there towards the end, and they didn't get to finish the race, but they were there, which, is un- unlike a lot of other people, at least they can say they were there. So, um, speaking of who was there, we, we had some interesting competition. It was great to see Anthony Campy racing back with the prolates here. It was great to see Jet Motorsports back. We hadn't seen either of those teams since the World Series back in February. So it was nice that uh, those teams' schedules lined up to where we could have them with really, really good drivers. So the competition level at the top of the field with Carson Brown driving for Anthony Campy, Kyle Stecky driving for Jet, Brad May, of course, driving for Bobby Sears, and we had Johnny Aramendia there for Ben Kennedy racing, uh, which we haven't seen Ben Kennedy racing in, in Johnny uh, since February either. So like I said, it was good to have those guys back. Plus, Ruben Caceres, he's been so fast this year, and he's been on the fringe of having these great runs and just can't avoid, can't shake the bad luck monkey. Um, Of course, Jamie Skinner and RCS, that team was there. Really, really good teams. Colby Clement showed some speed this year. Blake Suddy, uh, ever since his red-eye crash, that team has gotten better. Um, Just some some bad luck for some of those other teams. And... um, Good luck for the really fast ones at a really good race at the front. Um, Carson Brown was the fast qualifier, clocking it at 18.130. That's a pretty fast time in the heat of the day. He was yeah two-tenths of a second faster than Kyle Stecky and four-tenths, almost four-tenths faster than Brad May. So the ACR team, yeah, they have, they're so good right now. They, they came to play, and it wasn't easy for Carson Brown, uh, especially at the end, but... Carson did get to the lead kind of early. A couple of spins for Mike McLeay early, kind of slowed us down. Uh, then we had a really, really long green flag run. And uh, Brown, Stecky, and May were like the only cars on the lead lap for a while. Uh, Brad May was like half a track behind. So that shows you that even on a day like this, when when ACR and Jet, who don't race here all the time anymore, uh, when, when they make Brad May look pedestrian, for lack of a better word, you know that those are some good drivers on good teams. And that's what I like about these 100 lappers. It brings out, even though we're not getting the same group, you know, we got our, our core local guys, but we're getting this different group of invaders, if you will. 
Um, but it's bringing the best of the best when they're able to be here. It's a huge commitment to travel to New Smyrna. The, the payout is not what these guys are coming for. It is coming for experience to get these drivers behind the wheel to get them on track. And uh, it makes for some entertaining stuff. Um, like I said, kind of a, a long green flag run on this one, which we've come to expect with the Prolate models this year. Uh, you usually get a couple of cautions early, then a long green run. And we saw the shark bite kind of just taper off towards the end. This one just got better as it went. Uh, after that long green run, um, there was a pretty big, I, I think Blake Suddy went around in four and that set up like the final 20 laps or so, which is where things got really interesting. Um, on a restart, Kyle Stecky stuck down on the bottom lane trying to battle by Carson Brown. He gets loose off turn number two and stacks up the inside lane uh, behind Stecky, who, I mean, masterful save. I thought he was spun out. You can hear it in my commentary. I'm saying he's spun out and then he saves it. And then the rest of the field checks up. And it looked like, uh, and I try to go back and watch on Speedway video, and uh, he was focused up on Stecky. So, uh, Steckley, sorry. Um, didn't quite catch the contact, but I think Ruben Caceres and Martin Fuentes, they just got tangled up. And Martin went head on into the outside wall, ricocheted off the wall, came down and collected Ruben. So, two pretty fast cars top five contending cars were taken out in that wreck with about 20 to go um ruben was able to continue but he had damage and was off the pace and eventually it looked like um might have blown a radiator hose i think is what happened to him because he went and spun wildly into turn number three with about eight laps to go which set up the frantic finale and in the end of this race got so exciting with kyle steckley and carson brown uh duking it out that i got tongue-tied and um stumbled over every single one of my words that were trying to come out faster than my brain could process them as these guys were, were duking it out. Again, Carson Brown on the, the money restart chooses the outside. Steckley's down on the bottom. They are door to door. Steckley led a couple laps here on the sequence. Carson battled back. Uh, Steckley did everything, but you know, wrecked the guy. He ran him up the track. He doored him. Um, it was really awesome. Like I said, go back on speedway video and watch the last, I mean, watch the whole thing. Give, give Tom and, and his advertisers their due. Um, but yeah, watch the end of this race. It was fantastic. Great battle. But it, when the dust settled, it would be Carson Brown who would pick up his first Hoosier Prolate Model Challenge Series win, got a win back in February with another team. Um, I, I asked him in Victory Lane after I could figure out, after my adrenaline was flowing in Victory Lane, so I was trying to figure out how to make my words make sense. But um I was kind of like, hey, how'd, how'd this deal come together? Because I don't want to be like, hey, you were here with another team and bring up bad blood or anything. But he's kind of like, yeah, the, the ride I had went away. They made some changes. So they called ACR. It was one of the best driver development programs in the country, not just Florida anymore. Um, and it showed with Carson getting the win. This Kyle Steckley kid, um, I read up on him a little bit, and I forget where he was racing, but he's the point leader where he races normally. So... This kid is good. Uh, he drove the wheels off that thing in his first start. Carson Brown, he's got a season's worth of racing at New Smyrna with his experience from Speed Weeks, albeit different team. I think ACR a better team than where he came from, especially at New Smyrna. So all of that worked in his favor, and he got the win. Steckley was impressive in his debut in second. Brad May, like I said, pedestrian run for Brad May. He's won the last two of these Pro Challenge races. Didn't get this one. I mean, third, he's always right there. He did a great job. Um, and then we had, let's see, Johnny Aramendia in fourth. Johnny improved from Speed Weeks, I would say, with his lap times and his consistency. Never really put a wheel out of line. Had some great battles with Martin Fuentes at one point for, for fifth. 
uh, but ultimately ended up fourth. Um, as a result, show right now, Blake Suddy in fifth, Colby Clement sixth. There's a little debate um, in, I believe, a scoring review on those two drivers. And I'm just going on what's current right now because I told uh, Mr. Clements uh, when he reached out to me that, uh, of course, we'll get with the right people. And if changes need to be made, it's as easy as going into the back of the website and changing it. So but that's where it stands right now. Uh, Steve Reddit was seventh, eighth for Ruben Caceres. Again, tough day for Ruben. He had an outside shot at still winning the championship, but uh, finishing four or five spots behind Brad May is not going to get it done with two races to go, unfortunately. Um, Ruben was our driver of the week, and I was going to do something a little bit different, and then I remembered back to uh, the shark bite when we had rain. Ruben won the survey for driver of the week, which that will come back. Um, I, I'm, I'm just I'm trying to make things as interactive and as easy on me as I can. Um, so I went up to Ruben and said, hey, you didn't get to do driver of the week last time. Just be our driver of the week this time. Everybody that I saw online was voting for Dylan LeBeau anyways, and he's already won it. So um, Ruben was our driver of the week. We're not going to do driver of the week for Armadillo this week. We'll get back into the swing of things here for the final couple of weeks. Uh, let's see here. Rounding out our field, Martin Fuentes ran pretty well. He went to Auburndale first time in a prolate for Skinner back two weeks ago and got lapped twice and finished last on the field, which was fifth. So I chalked it up to he got a top five last time in his debut. Um, he ran solid. You could tell that he was much more comfortable behind the wheel. You could tell that Skinner's setup and knowledge of the speedway, uh, kind of transferred into the driver here. And he was running top five, um, just got caught up in that wreck late, not really of his own doing car stacked up in front of him. Everybody's checking up and not everybody reacts the same. You can't see through the cars in front of you. It was an accordion deal and Fuentes and Caceres got the worst of it. Um, and then Mike McElyer, who we talked about at the beginning, uh, rounding out the field. So, again, uh, not the biggest field, but it was an interesting field and a very entertaining race. Like, man, the, the shark bite had so much hype and in, in, in a great field, and it, it looked so great. But the race just, I mean, other than the big wreck, I don't remember much of it. This one, I'll never forget that battle between Brown and Steckley. So that was good stuff. A lot of fun. A lot of fun to call. Um, I feel like my brain was running 100 mile an hour and my mouth was going about 90 and couldn't keep up all night. So if I sounded a little off, I sometimes you just have those nights, man. You're just like super excited and you just can't, you, you just can't get your body to keep up with your mind. So um, I think that's the comment I made to Tom on the, the ride home. We always debrief about the night and uh, I was just like, man, I just felt like, and Tom goes, well, there was that one time where you said a bunch of gibberish, but other than that, it was fine. So if you like to uh, pick on announcers and, and, you know, look at them under a microscope and point out every time they screw up, I mean, go leave comments on Speedway Video. That really helps. Um, LKQ Superstocks for an action. This division, man, it's it's going through a tough time. It started, you know, modestly this year. And we've seen some comers and goers, but only six cars. And thankfully, John Lozniak showed up. Um, we'd seen him one other time this year. Uh, race got rained out. He was back. Um only gave us six, and we're missing some. I mean, we're missing Stephen Metz, who's working to get his car back. Justin Spears was missing. Uh, I, I think Jarrett Corpy's working to get the 112 car back out. Um, we're, Paul Kochi wasn't here. So there's still cars, potential cars to grab from. It's just, it's kind of been a, a tough year, kind of a rebuilding year for the Super Stocks. And my, my first year announcing at New Smart, I think the first Super Stock race had like five cars, and then it, it built up, and then it, everything ebbs and flows. And right now they're they're on a downswing, but it was still a good race. I mean, Rich Clouser and Blake Clouser put on a show at the front. Blake won the heat 
and battled with his dad. I think if, if anybody else was in the 16 other than Blake's father, probably wouldn't have been so nice. I think Rich's car might have been a skosh faster, but Blake drove a great race and was able to hold off his dad, and they made it entertaining. This race didn't really have much to it, but the battle for the lead was good. Father versus son, that's a cool story. Um, and, you know, I made the comment to Blake in, in Victory Lane. I was like, you know, people say they'd wreck their mother to win a race, but no one ever says they'd wreck their son. So I think uh, Blake was lucky in that regard and did pick up the victory and is pretty much in lockstep to win the championship. A couple of races to go. Um, would need something catastrophic to happen. Again, with, with the big car counts, I mean, he could have a race where he spins out on the last lap, finishes last, and only loses, you know, 10 points. So um, I think Blake is looking good as a rookie to win the championship. Um, and again, he was able to hold off dad. So it was Clouser 1-2. Blake, the winner, Rich second. George Spears, a distant third, just just wasn't quite the George. That car, man, it was so good at the middle of the season. Won four races in a row, I believe it was. And ever since, they've just been a little bit off. Um, Tyler Pernesti in fourth. John Lozniak, fifth. And Bobby Hawley, I just feel for him, man. He led early, and he was aggressive. I, I was talking to Blake, actually, at quarter midgets the next morning, and Blake's like, man, Bobby run me all the way to the grass. And I'm like, Bobby wants to get a win, Blake. He's, you know, he's a veteran. He wins. He at least gets one or two wins a year, if not more. I mean, sometimes five or six wins a year. And he hasn't gotten one yet. Of course he's going to be aggressive, you know. He's like, this kid behind me, he's got five wins. He's got the wins I normally got. I'm, he Bobby did everything he could, but I, I believe the team lost a cylinder. Uh, I know they were under the hood as I went up to um, to close up the, the booth and get my stuff out of there before we left. So tough break for Bobby. It's just been... It's been a tough year. The last few years, the narrative for Bobby Hawley has been fast and wrecked. This year, he's been there, but the car has just not been where he needs it. So it's been a tough year for Bobby. And I've heard some rumors, and these are just rumors that he's got, and I'm not going to say what I heard, but um, he's got other plans for next year. So we'll see. And again, that's literally just just a rumor that I heard from from somebody at another track. And hey, if it if the rumors are true, then, you know, more power to him, but I, I hope not. Next year, I mean, next year it could be the, because um, I, I don't know what Blake and, and Rich and David Gould and those guys are going to do. So it could be Spears Brothers Racing for the Superstocks next year. I don't I don't know. Um, I don't see, and this is this pains me to say, I don't see much incentive to build a competitive Superstock right now. So unless you've got one and don't mind, you know, spending 700 bucks on tires to for 200 to win, I think this division needs some kind of a revamp, and I don't know what the answer is other than a tire rule, a cost-saving thing. Um, I hate to see it. Great division. They've ha- they put on some great shows. I, they they need a boost, and I don't I don't know. I don't have the answer. Ashley Holmes jacks trucks from one extreme to the other, though. Let me tell you, truck racing in Florida is alive and well. I was. I, I told Tom as we were about to get to the speedway, I'm like, I'm pretty sure we're going to have, you know, eight to 10 prolates and I'll be all right with that. We'll get through that. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to have in the other divisions. And I just told him, I'm like, I'm just happy to be back here. So I'm just going to take what we get and enjoy it. And I'm walking through the pits and I'm like, holy cow, there are, I mean, just from going to drop my laptop off in the booth, plugging things in, setting up shop up there and just eyeballing the pits. I'm like, damn, there's 13, 14 trucks here. And there ended up being 18, too shy of the double down. And we were missing a couple people. Uh, Chuck Ayers wasn't there. Rodney Haddock is battling um, kidney stones, so he wasn't there. Uh, Taylor Watson is away at college, so she wasn't there. Um, and that's just to name a couple off the top of my head. That's 21 if you added those three. 
uh, last week on the show, what did we talk about? Great turnout for the twin truck races at Auburndale. And then we get 18 for our 25-lapper. Oh, by the way, uh, August, or August, October 14th will be the truck 50. Uh, the trucks will get a 50-lapper, and that will be October the 15th. I think that might be their finale. So that's going to be incredible. I, I'm just blown away by truck racing in Florida because it was nearly dead. Um, Biscayne Brown did at one point cancel normal truck races. We battled in 2017, 2018 to get a truck race back, and then we had the SPAT series, and we had the Florida Pro Truck Series, and then Rusty brought it back as a regular division. And it was like, why? Because it was four or five trucks on average a week. And now we're getting, uh, on a bad night, 14. So this is fantastic. In this race, this was so much fun. And we had a lot of trucks and we had we had spins. We had tangle-ups. But we did not destroy any trucks. So it was, the, the trucks were awesome. And I just got to give you guys a, a shout-out, a round of applause, all 18 of you, for being here, putting on a good show and for everybody that was at Auburndale last week, same thing goes out to you guys. So, I mean, there are, in the state, you know, 30, 35 trucks to pluck from. And I hope that um, I hope that a lot of our regulars will go over to the charity race and support that event because I think that there's there's no doubt in my mind. And I, I, I know the format was released for the charity race, and I need to go look at it because I'd like to be there, um, if not to help uh, Steve and or Bobby – yeah, or both of them with the charity race because I've participated. Uh, I've, I've helped out with that event the last couple of years. Um, I'd like to be there in some capacity. If the booth is occupied because the regular guys are there, then by all means, um, if I can help in another way, I'd, I'd like to because this, this the charity weekend is one of my favorite weekends of the year in December. And it's for a great cause for the Cars uh, Racing with the Dream charity. And th- the reason I'm talking about all that is there – there are just so many good trucks in Florida right now and so many different names at the top of the board right now. I love it. I mean, this top five, if you would have told me this would be the top five in a competitive field of trucks this season, I would have laughed at you. I would have said, well, what were they the only five there? And I mean that with all due respect, um, that shows how hard everybody's been working and how just awesome these truck races have been. So with all that said, let me talk about it here and tell you what happened. Um, Becca Monopoly has been the favorite this year, uh, for the most part, won a couple of races, um, again, between Becca Monopoly and Taylor Watson and Richard Levance and Richard Griffiths. Um, those have probably been the the best four on a regular basis. Um, just making for great stuff, but Becca had a good invert started up near the front. I think the invert was four, so they only flip-flopped the, the top two because they had two heat races. She, she, she got a great start and was leading. We had a restart. Just like I said, the, the wrecks in this one, other than Jack Hall's um, near oh shit moment, um, they were pr- just pretty much spins towards the back of the field. And um, on a restart, Becca just started dropping through the field. And I wondered, I questioned it. I was like, I don't know if I'm that, if I, if I'm that crew... I'm bringing her in and checking those tires. And sure enough, um, here comes Becca and there's Mr. Monopoly down there uh, checking the the tires. And um, tires looked up when she came down. But again, air pressure can be a deceiving thing. So when they checked the pressures, obviously the right rear was a little low. They put a new tire on. She continued and battled back for a perhaps season-saving eighth-place finish. Um, but that handed things over uh, to a great battle, Devin Kyle in the two. First time here this year. I don't know anything about Devin Kyle. Uh, from It says he's from Pinellas Park here, according to my race pass. Um, great to see him. Great looking truck, and it was fast. 
He led for a little while. Wilson Martins Jr. led for a little while. Palmer Hegg was flying towards the end, but when the dust settled, Richard Levance picked up his second one of the year in a great point eight for Richard Levance. I am going to check the points here in a minute. I don't have that tab pulled up, so we'll have to do a little uh, fidgeting with the computer here once we get through the rest of the results. But Richard Levance picks up the win and should have about a seven, eight point lead now on Beckham Monopoly, which isn't much, but it's good. The trucks are going to be phenomenal right down to the wire, especially with that 50 lapper coming up. Uh, so Rich Levance gets the win here. Palmer Hag, rookie driver, phenomenal drive. Two podium finishes at Auburndale a week ago, comes to the big track, completely different setup, completely different gear, and finishes second, a career best. Wilson Martins Jr. Hasn't raced here all year. I haven't heard about Wilson Martin Jr. all year. And here he is, and he finished third. And shout out to his, his sister. Um, she finished, I think she was top three, in one of the heat races, uh, Maria was, and let me let me just go check. She was second to Becca Monopoly in a heat race. So the Martins came to play, which is awesome. Devin Kyle fourth. Nolan Mesa in the 28. That is the former Brandon Martin truck, by the way. Um, Brandon had uh, plans to run here this year, and plans changed, and now Nolan has the truck and ran fifth with it. Todd Hag was sixth. Richard Griffiths, who's been up in the podium most of the year, was seventh. So, I mean, that tells you the how good this field was. Becca Monopoly was eighth. Ninth to Dalton Smith. And shout out to Dalton Smith. Again, it's pretty much Dalton and his dad working on these trucks in the late model when uh, when they bring that out to play. Dalton showed speed. Got shot the, a lot of restarts. And the you know the third, fourth row in a restart, it was just a hornet's nest. And he got shuffled around a little bit, but finished ninth and ran great. And, and I echo the same sentiments to Jack Hall here. Uh, avoided big spin early and finally found speed in that truck. Finished 10th, but that doesn't tell the story. They were running at one point 6th or 7th and had things going, and it's it's nice to not be talking about Jack Hall having more problems. Uh, great YouTube video that they put up on Jack Racing about the night. Um, that way you can go learn all about it because they feel like the curse of New Smyrna has been lifted, and now they can move forward and continue to climb up the ladder. So a top 10, a legit, legit solid top 10, not just a, oh, we were around at the end, we got a top 10. They earned this one. Maria Martins was 11th. Brian Sukup was 12th and his Randy Kuhn. That Randy Kuhn ran better this week. There was not a real, there was not a bad truck in the field. Uh, Mason Love was 14th. Don Duvall made his truck debut, finished in 15th. Is he still getting used to it? Dylan LeBeau um, ran over a rivet, popped the tire. He was 16th. Bruce Gaten, um, again, not a bad truck, but still getting used to the truck. And he finished 17th. And Dylan Reynolds, I couldn't believe it when I saw a, a Jamie Dixon 8 on a truck. Um, it looked just like the Mod Mini, but. Now they've got a truck, and and uh, using tonight as a shakedown, obviously. So we'll watch for progress out of them. But what a great field! Heat race winners again: Becca Monopoly and Richard Griffiths, and those guys and gals finished like seventh and eighth. So again, that tells you how strong this field was. Literally twelve to thirteen trucks legitimately could have won the event. Bomber A's only ten of them, but uh, that's kind of where we're at with this class right now. Is it's. It's going through what I like to call a rules recycle where, yeah, there was optimism at the beginning of the year. The breakout rule has rubbed some people the wrong way. And those people are either going to figure it out and keep going, going or go do something else, or they're going to stop racing. And either one of those options is fine. I mean, I'd like, I'd rather see them continue racing at least something. Um, I don't know. Go bomber B racing, but. I think the bomber A's, the bomber B's need a rule too. I, and I've said it many times, the rule could use a tweak, just a tweak. 
the the purpose of it I agree with, but the execution, maybe just a little tweak. Because right now what I'm seeing is a little bit artificial pack racing because everybody's trying not to break out. So everybody's just kind of globbed together. And nobody can really push the issues. So nobody's losing control as much. And it's cool. The optics of it are cool because everybody's right there and a little bit of slingshots and back and forth going on. But just a little something missing, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But again, I'm still in support of the rule. I think those that are still going have done a great job to battle through this interesting trying season. So I really appreciate it. And I appreciate those on the other side that are choosing to do other things. Um, those are that are being respectful about it because this rule was not put in place to, uh, to screw anybody over. It, it's to th- this race and stuff is getting way too expensive. And if we just let everything get out of control, there's going to be nothing left. So um, I, I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, when the dust settled, though, Eddie Evans, the point leader, got the victory over Dustin Higdon, who drove from the back of the field. Uh, Brandon Monroe finished in third. Aaron Foy was fourth. Courtney Breed in fifth. Courtney went uh, airborne at one time in, in the event, I think battling with Eddie. And uh, pretty cool in-car footage there from Speedway Video. The full in-car just got released today. So you can go back and watch that. She got a uh, pretty good pop going into turn one. Greg Pass, I think uh, sixth place for Greg. <laughs> got Came out in the heat race. We didn't even know he was there. Um, he finished sixth. I think that's a career best for him. Larry Masters, seventh. Joe Racine. Finished in eighth after um, breaking out and going down pit road and spinning out. Uh, the, the rest of the field here pretty much broke out. So I believe it was Masters, Racine, Frittle, and Samian who all broke out. Um, working with Joe to perhaps get him either in studio for a show or to at least get him on the phone so we can uh, chat with him. I think we're going to be doing some more, especially during the off season and stuff. Um, when things settle down a little bit, we'll probably be doing some more phone interviews and uh, like I said, I have some I, I have some things on, in the works that I think you guys are going to like uh, going forward with the show. Um, but Joe reached out and was interested. So w- when our schedules can align, there's a chance we'll either, like I said, have him in here or have him on the phone because it's been fun watching him uh, grow as a, a driver this year. Um, Charles Frittle won the heat race. And again, we're going to check the points here in a minute to see where everybody sits. Florida Southern Ground Pounders. Got to give a, an attaboy to this group. Uh, Toby Smith, Ronda Alessandro, everybody involved, Hank Sanders, Art Koonsman, uh, Scott Cutter, everybody that's involved with the Ground Pounders. You know, they've been in four or five cars for much of the summer. And, um, you know, Toby's been like, just be patient, give us time, we're working. And obviously the fruits of their labor uh, were on display as they brought at least 12 cars. Now, a lot of them didn't survive the heat. We had some wild stuff uh, with some spins, some wrecks. Hank Sanders, unfortunately, again, crashed. Jody Modine crashed on the backstretch. I hated seeing that. These cars are awesome, and they're hard to fix. So you hate to see them get torn up. Um, It was good to see Kelly Jarrett back in the 97. Now, Toby did call me and say, hey, Kelly was running with us, but he's not running for points. And uh, as the, you know, kind of the man in charge here, uh, just don't give him points. So... Um, I believe that Kelly Jarrett might be gearing up for a 602 run, I guess. That's what I'm taking from that. But um, Kelly Jarrett's been around the ground pounders for a long time. So to, you know, hey, put a car on track. I, I'm I'm totally if if I'm totally a proponent of if you have a car and you want to run a race and it doesn't exactly fit whatever it's but it's close, as long as you're not in the way or wrecking somebody, 
then add to the field. People like to see cars on track. And you know what? Nobody at the track needed to know during the race that Kelly Jarrett was a this or Kelly Jarrett's a that or he's not getting this. It was fun to watch somebody battle with Art. Kelly won the heat race. Art won the feature. And I liked what Art said, man. He fired... Um, Art is one of the, he's one of the coolest characters in the pits, man. He and he fired some shots. He goes, because I said, man, what a what a great field to have all these ground pounders. And he's like, more cars than the pro late models. And I'm just like, man, that's just freaking that is a dart from Art. So um, definitely like that. Art is a guy, man. I'm telling you, when I first interviewed him, I'm like, oh, this guy's tough to interview. He's one of my favorite guys now because he's just he's just so cool and uh, just. Right to the point, man. You don't beat around the bush. Uh, but congratulations to Art. He's having a great year in the ground pounders. He's got the win here over Kelly Jarrett. Um, so I guess technically over Toby Smith, who was driving the possum. Um, they, everybody was switching cars around after the heat race because Toby's car had a problem. It was crazy. It was nuts. But uh, Scott Cutter will be third. Then Lewis Brasher, Eddie Freeman, Scott Phillips, and our very own sponsors here, 124 Welding and Fab Zone. Ron D'Alessandro came home in the eighth spot after driving for Ed Nash and a couple of DNSs, Hank Sanders, of course, Jared Zebley didn't start. Jody Bodine didn't start. Um, and Billy Bellflower, I never saw that car there, but he was registered. So he's on the list. So that's why I say at least 12 cars for the ground pounders. Good stuff. Good night. Um, my expectations were tempered going into the night because I have, I'm at the point now I've been doing this long enough or I just, Guys, I, I really enjoy what I do, and I'm not going to let what the night looks like determine how the night's going to be. And I just, and I even told this to Tom, I'm like, all right, I've been thinking about it all week. I don't know how things are going to look. And I told him before I got to the track, I'm like, I just need to go and have fun with the evening. And I did. And there was good racing. There was good storylines. And um, just as, as always, like, I, I get it. And you got if you've been listening to the show long enough, you know, when there's an issue, I talk about it. And I try to talk about it in a, not not a way to tick anybody off, which is, I mean, it happens. Um, but I try to do it in a way that lets you all know, yes, I see when there's issues. I see the this and the that. But I'm trying to remain overall positive. So let's take a look at point standings from the divisions that ran to see where we're at here Brad May takes over the championship lead in the Pro Late Model Challenge Series by 15 over Ruben Caceres. Two races to go. So, I mean, it's it's nowhere near settled. Colby Clements up to third. TJ DeCare drops to fourth after being at Auburndale and not at New Smyrna this weekend. Steven Reddit has climbed up into fifth. Carson Brown with the victory. He is sixth. Jonathan Knee is seventh, uh, but looks like his ride will now be in the Pro Late Series. Blake Suddy is eighth, ninth for Dawson Sutton who was not in attendance. Then Kenny Kreitz still hanging on to the top 10. Uh, let's see who else raced here. Not Emods this week. They finally had an off week. Superstock. So Blake Clouser right now is a 65-point lead over Bobby Holly because uh, George Spears missed that heat race. Um, 75 is max points that you can gain with the smaller car count. 65 points. Essentially, Blake Clouser has the field by a race right now. And um, he would, like I said, cat something catastrophic would need to ha happen for Blake not to win the championship. But as we've seen, it only takes one thing. So it's Blake Clouser, Bobby Holly, George Spears, Tyler Pernesti, and Justin Spears are top five for the Super Zoxers. Clouser up to sixth. Uh, Ashley Holmes, Jack's Trucks. So 
this doesn't make any sense. Um, so I believe what has happened here, I need to double check this because um, this is not making sense. Okay. So because of the way my race pass works and noticing this, I'm glad I double checked. Um, we did have Candace uh, with us up in the booth and she is great with my race pass. So she was actually, and thank God, because there was no way I was going to have results up in any kind of good amount of time. Um, she was able to get the results up at the track. So I'm looking at the points here and I realize there's an issue, which means I'm going to have to go back and just completely redo everything for the trucks. Because I came in here to see how many points does Richard Levance have on Beckham Monopoly. And I opened it up to see Beckham Monopoly leading by 18 of Richard Levance's in fifth, 62 points back. Something ain't right. Um, if your name is in there twice and they pick the wrong name, then it calculates wrong. So, um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to go view the full points for the trucks real quick. You guys are seeing, you know, th this is happening in real time. Um, this is, so, oh, I see. Rich Levance from Spring Lake, New Jersey was put in instead of Richard Levance from uh, Port Charlotte. So, Richard, if you listen to this and you're freaking out, I I'm going to fix it. Give me a day. I'll fix it. Um, so to hell with checking the points because I, I can't do that math. Um, Becca and Richard are going to be close. Richard Griffiths, 18 points back. Dalton Smith is fourth, and Brian Sukup is fifth. So we'll smooth that out. And that's a clerical error. In the Bomber A's, Eddie Evans now with a 32-point lead. Holy crap, 32 points over Dustin Hayden and then 33 over Brandon Monroe. So Bombers still race a handful of times before the end of the season. By the way, um, for the non-six-pack series, so our regular divisions, our weekly divisions, your points and your last race in October and your points. Governor's Cup is an exhibition, doesn't count for points. Only the pro late, super late, modifieds, and mod mini points will count for Governor's Cup to wrap up their season. I hope that clears that up. Um, so, yeah, Eddie Evans, the leader here. Dustin Higdon, Brandon Monroe, second and third. Then Aaron Foy, fourth. And Larry Masters, fifth. In the bomber race. And then the ground pounders. Art Kunzman leading. Toby Smith by nine. Scott Phobes is third. Fourth for Scott Cutter and Eddie Freeman rounding out the top five. So, here's a quick update where we're at. I'll get that uh, little clerical error fixed. And, God, I still got to fix Eddie's. I got to get Eddie's second win to show up. Because uh, that's it's it's not sliding him in points because I know the points calculated properly because I had to do them by hand. Anyways, good stuff in New Smyrna. A lot of fun. Again, Armadillo 100 coming up here this weekend. Um, hopefully we get a good handful of cars. It is basically citrus rules. Find yourself a, a stock car. And uh, if you have questions, uh, the Zebleys are teching, so they will be glad to help you out. Honestly, just bring something and have fun. Uh, spectator racing we have the demolition derby that night we had the powder puff race uh we had the burnout contest kids power wheel races and really really crappy jokes from yours truly so come out and join us for the armadillo 100 the last of its kind for a while at new smyrna so we are going to take our first commercial break we'll be back on the other side with a look at what went down playoff race number two for the nascar cup series in kansas Who's in trouble and who's looking good and whose brackets are busted? We'll talk about it on the other side. Hey, everyone. We want to take a few moments here to thank some of our great sponsors here at the Racing with Ryan podcast, including our good friends over at Schultz Engineered Products and Schultz Racing Fuel Cells. If you're in the market for a new racing fuel cell for your vehicle, make sure you check out Schultz Fuel Cells. 
They're designed and manufactured in the United States to be safer, longer lasting, and they will outperform all other fuel cells that you can get your hands on. Also, they specialize in their fuel recovery systems. You can save on your fuel expenses, significant maintenance reductions, along with a safer working environment, better for the actual environment, the outside environment, and it'll eliminate your fuel disposal fees. Those are just some of the products that Schultz Engineer Products focuses on, and you can check them out on the web at schultzproducts.com. You give them a call at 732-922-4334, or for email inquiries, you can reach out to them at info at schultzproducts.com. That's info at schultzproducts.com, S-C-H-U-L-T-Z, Schultz Engineered Products. We welcome them as one of our anchor sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Make sure you check out their website, schultzproducts.com, for everything that they offer. And hey, if you're racing and you want to stay safe, get one of their fuel cells installed on your race car. You will not regret it. We also thank SRQ Taxes in Sarasota, Florida. We know tax season has come and gone, but guess what? It's never too early to get a head start on next year or to start thinking about next year. And hey, if you have any issues with your taxes or you know, you're looking to get a hold of somebody that can help out your business, check out srqtaxes.com. Click on their services portal and you can see everything that they offer from accounting software selection, audits, compliance, bookkeeping, business consulting, um, they do estate and trusts, they do financial analysis, statements, IRS representation in case you have any issues. They even have a notary public on hand for all of those documents that you might need notarized. And of course, tax preparation and planning. So make sure you check out srqtaxes.com located in Sarasota, Florida, or you can uh, Get with Steve Darling at the Auburndale Speedway. He'll be happy to help you out. SRQ Taxes coming on board as another one of our anchor sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. We also thank 124 Welding and Fabrication. That's our good buddy, Ron D'Alessandro. Uh, had a great run in the 602 class a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we really appreciate him being on board, of course, uh, just like it says, welding and fabrication. That's what he specializes in. If you need anything welded up, get with Ron. If you uh, need something fabbed, get with Ron as well. He will help you out. You can also check out his Etsy store because he makes all kinds of great metalworking, uh, which make great decorations. We have the Racing with Ryan podcast logo and emblem here in the studio. Looking at it as we record right now, it makes a, you know, it'll complement any room, anything you're looking for. He can do custom stuff, but you can also check him out on Etsy. If you look, go to Etsy.com and search 124 Welding and Fab. It'll come right up. You can check out the great products he has available or you can reach out, contact him for anything specific. Again, that's 124 Welding and Fab. Check them out on Etsy. We also have a, a couple of supporters that we would like to thank. Of course, um, we have our anchor sponsors, and then we have those that just support the show. And we got to thank Ken Copley. Of course, he is our EMOD sponsor, but we want to thank him for his support here as well. And Doug Samian from Do All Lawn and Tree. Um, that's his company, but he just, uh, he appreciates the show and appreciates what we do. So we appreciate him. So thank you to all of our great anchor sponsors and our supporters here with the racing with Ryan podcast. Now we'll let you get back to the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Second segment here. Let's cover the NASCAR's cup series race at Kansas, which honestly, I think it's most people's favorite mile and a half. And this race wasn't bad by any means. And I, I tried to watch this Sunday night after watching, um, so here's how my weekend went. Um, New Smyrna Saturday night for the late models. 
back to the track Sunday morning for um, the return of the quarter midget regular series. So a full day in the sun. I'm my hands are still sunburnt. Um, and then I was trying to watch football uh, as the the afternoon went on in between races because it's opening day of football. So went to racing. Then in the morning went to racing. Went home, watched football. I had company come over to watch the night games. Um, was exhausted. And then I th- I thought, man, I I can't chance the race getting spoiled. So right after Sunday night football is done, right after the Cowboys get done slaughtering the Giants here, I'm going to try to watch the Cup Series race. And that was my plan. So turn on the Cup race, and I get about halfway through, and I'm falling asleep. And I'm like, ah, crap. And I'm like, I you know what? I need to just set an alarm and get up early tomorrow and finish the Cup race. So I watched about the last 100 laps or so on Monday morning. And thankfully, I stayed off my phone. I saw I had a ton of notifications and messages, and I just had to put it all aside because I didn't want to know. It's not as fun to watch a race if you know what happens. And I'm glad that I didn't have this spoiled because I'm not going to lie, with about 15, 20 laps to go, I'm like, this race is kind of, I mean, it's had some moments, but it's kind of meh. And then caution came out and set up chaos. So, um, definitely the last few laps of this thing gave it a higher score, but looking back at things, the big surprise, and I remember watching this, you know, late at night, I'm like, Oh, this, I better buckle in. This is going to be a wild race. Uh, lap three, I think it was three or four Martin Truex, the regular season point leader. You, you just see his car going backwards. And he's like, I think we got a problem. And then before they could diagnose the problem, get him to pit road, tire blows out. So he punctured something. It was a puncture, not just a tire blowout. Um, but the tires punctured and Martin finishes 36 dead last after three laps. I mean, just a disaster. And he had that big point lead. I mean, he had 36 playoff points coming in, which gives him a buffer. He's lost all of that. Now he's on the outside looking in. I think he's, well, we'll, I'll pull up the playoff standings here in a minute, but he is in trouble. And I, I mean, I can't believe it, but we've seen this happen. You know, no lead in the cup series, in the playoffs, is safe. If you have a mediocre race and then a bad race start the playoffs, you're toast. I mean, look at what happened to Kyle Busch last year. Blew up at Darlington while leading, crashed out at Bristol, and or blew up at Bristol as well, and he was out in round one. It's, you know, it's crazy, but that's what happened, and he's on the verge of needing a good run at Bristol. Um Another Toyota that was running really well, who I had a lot of high hopes for this week, Bubba Wallace, was running great. Second and third much of the race. I think he led a couple of laps. Um, running running real well. Fifth at Darlington or seventh at Darlington, something like that. Looking to back it up with another top 10 run and sneak into the next round of the playoffs. He blows a tire. And he was able to finish the race. He was four laps down. He broke a toe link and finished 32nd. He's now... I don't say must win. I think he's 19 points back, but he, he's going to need some good luck at Bristol, which is not one of his best tracks. He excels at the faster mile-and-a-half tracks. Bristol is, although I remember that year he led in the McDonald's car for a while and then promptly got lapped. So, I don't know. Bubba's going to need some luck. I, I don't think he's capable of winning at Bristol, but I didn't think Chris Buescher was capable of winning at all last year, and he won at Bristol. So, um. I don't know, but Bubba and Martin Truex on the outside looking in going into Bristol, and that's going to be a fun storyline to watch. Other drivers in the playoffs that had trouble. Chris Buescher, he was the one that blew a tire late and set up the shootout to the finish, which I'm going to talk about in depth here in a minute. Um, 
Some other guys had trouble, but were able to rebound. I'm just quickly going through. William Byron spun out, said the car was never right. Ross Chastain had pit road problems. Uh, Christopher Bell had a plethora of pit road problems. And that team, very fast race car, led 15 laps, started on the pole, still finished eighth, which is way better than I thought. But um, kind of, if, if they could get out of their own way, they'd, they'd be all right. So playoff drivers were definitely having issues. Uh, Michael McDowell, 26th, he's must win at Bristol. Ricky Stenhouse hit the wall a couple times. Where the heck did he finish at? He was 23rd. He must win at Bristol. So I think um, for sure if your bracket has Michael McDowell and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. missing out of the next round, you're looking pretty good. But I think we all had Martin Truex Jr. moving on. So there's a chance all of our brackets are busted next week. Some of y'all's brackets are busted. I know Austin, uh, Austin Harding, who thank you for paying your dues, uh, sir. I know your bracket's busted. Uh, A couple other people bracket busted um i'll go more in depth with the the brackets next week because we have a lot to get through here on the show yet so um as i mentioned a couple of spins uh, austin Cindric went for a spin there was how many cautions in this thing there were quite a few cautions um i think the biggest wreck was the martin truex incident that had the most um most weight to it nine cautions on the day by the way 19 lead changes the other kind of big incident was Austin Dillon smacking the wall and then the 24 spinning out behind him. That was kind of bizarre. Um, let's see. Harrison Burton crashed. And then we had 82 laps. Looked like the race was going to go pretty much green in the final segment until Christopher Busher blew a tire. And that set up a shootout. You had Daniel Suarez stay out on old tires. You had Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, and Eric Jones take two tires. So... Um, everything was mixed up. Denny Hamlin looked like he was well on his way to win. He dominated much of the event. And then I don't know what he was doing on the restart, but he just decided to lag back, trying to get a push from Larson and Larson was lagging back from him. So they just got caught napping on the restart. And even though they had four tires, it basically put them a half lap behind everybody. Once everybody was up to speed and momentum took over Tyler Reddick. I mean, a lot of people had him out after this round or definitely out after next round. He comes out of nowhere. It looked like maybe Eric Jones and Joey Logano were going to battle for the lead, but they were like glued side by side coming to the white flag. That allowed Tyler Reddick to get a huge run and goes down the back straightaway, takes the lead, and then holds off a hard-charging Denny Hamlin to pick up his second one of the year. Reddick's had a weird season, man. He got the win early at Coda, thought he was going to be dominant on the road courses, and he's been nothing at the road courses since then then he's had really fast cars and when he does the picker screws up or he has some kind of bad luck and this time caution comes out he's in the right lane i i kidding you not you know 7 30 monday morning watching the end of this race when he lined up third on the inside row i'm like with with suarez up there with no tires i'm like there's no way he wins this race you got to be on the outside you got to get that momentum man he was able to find a hole he was able to get by those slow cars and Got the big run when he needed it. If the rate, you know, if it was a five lap shootout, Hamlin still gets back by him. But sometimes you just got to take advantage of what is presented to you. And he had just good enough a car, given the situation, to get himself the win. Led two laps. That's it. He led the last two laps and he gets the win. And that automatically locks him into the next round. Of course, Kyle Larson into the next round because of his win at Darlington. Larson had a great run, led 99 laps. On the day, a strange pit call towards the second, third of the race. Um, 
Pickers like, well, we got an extra set of tires. Let's use it. You'll come back up through the field. And he did. He was passing guys. He was back into the top 10, but he just never had that clean air, that track position. He needed to get back up front and contend. And that's kind of when Hamlin took over towards the end. It looked like he was set to win. And for the second week in a row, Hamlin leads a good chunk of laps and that's really not much to show for it, although he did finish second. Uh, but Tyler Reddick wins, advances the next round. Hamlin's pretty much looking good for the next round with his second place run. Eric Jones, his best run of the year in third. Thought first minute he was going to be able to win this thing. If he if he could have broken out and not been side-by-side side with Logano for a lap, there's a chance that maybe he holds on for the Cinderella story, but not to be. But third, a great run for that team. Definitely the best. That team's starting to get things figured out here towards the end of the year. Kyle Larson, fourth. Joey Logano, I mean, kudos to this team. They have not really shown much speed lately. They used the strategy at the end. Didn't win in the race, but he finished fifth, and he's close to the cut line, but he's looking good. Chase Elliott, he looked good. Uh, finished second in stage one, led 47 laps on the day, and finished sixth. I'm not sure what the owner standings look like. You'll have to go Twitter that, but a solid run for him. Good, good solid top 10. Good to see him lead some laps. I think 47 laps is the most laps he's led in a race all year. Kyle Busch, 7th. He started 35th. Um, again, he stayed out. Or he had two tires late in the race. Thought maybe he would be in line to steal this thing. He ultimately finishes 7th. Um, kind of a just... That, that's where he was. He was 7th to 12th much of the day, and he gets a 7th out of it. Christopher Bell started on the pole, led some laps. Pit road problems kind of getting in, in this team's way. I don't see them getting out of the round of 12. Brad Kozlowski was ninth, won a stage. He's looking like a lock for the next round. And Alex Bowman, a solid top 10 for Alex. He was followed by Kevin Harvick, Ryan Blaney, who are looking okay for the championship. Ross Chastain also looking okay for the championship in 13th. Um, when I say championship, I mean to move to the next round. Just stay in the playoffs. Ty Gibbs, 14th. William Byron, 15th. Daniel Suarez stayed out and faded all the way to 16th. Tires were important on Sunday for sure. Eric Almarola, 17th, 18th for Priest, Briscoe, and Hosevar rounding out your top 20. Um, this race, uh, I, I was looking back at the, the scores from Kansas earlier in the year when we had that great record-setting Kansas race with an awesome duel between Hamlin and Larson. That race on our scorecard scored a 9.8. This one doesn't touch that. It wasn't a bad race, so it does have a good score, which, of course, I'm going to, going to give to you here in a moment. As soon as I can find it, there it is. Um, but not not the uh, the best Kansas race either. The racing I give it a six. Earlier in the year I gave the racing a nine. I thought the the race in the spring was phenomenal. Um, but I, I always this always seems to happen in the playoff races. They're either like batshit crazy insane, or they're just not. I mean, this race had crazy moments, but um, this was just a typical speedway race and if it wasn't for the playoff drama it, it might have been dropped down a little bit um so the racing gets a six excitement a seven i mean i was you know i was falling asleep at two in the morning trying to watch this after an exhausting weekend um to where i had to save it for the next day but it wasn't terrible the finish absolutely i give it a 10 i i still cannot believe tyler reddick won the race i mean just i don't get that nervous like energy towards the end of racing very much because I've been watching it for so long and I'm so in tune with it nowadays. But I got that nervous energy because the finish was so good. There was four or five guys that I thought were going to win the race, whoever got the jump, and Reddick kind of comes. I thought he was doomed. I thought he was doomed. 
and he wins a race. So I get the finish of 10. I know it, it needed a green and white checker to be a 10, but we got it and we got a great finish. Uh, lead changes 19. That gives it seven score to 10 earlier in the year and enjoyment eight. Good winner in my book. Um, exciting finish, couple of crazy playoff situations and overall the race scores a 7.6, the same as Daytona. So I say it was a good race. Overall, our season total is a 6.61 out of 10. So still trending in the upper sixes. Been a good year. Um, still not as good as last year. Last year was such an outlier, such an anomaly with all the different winners, the the crappy ass parts, the new car, you know, just the crazy things that kept happening. Chase Elliott uh, being the man on fire, Ross Chastain with his wild moves. I mean, this year it's just things that they're just going through the motions. We're getting down to the end, and I, I think we're we're still going to have. I just have a feeling that the end of the season is where the real chaos is going to come. So there's definitely plenty of reason to stay tuned. Uh, with that said, sorry, I need to get a drink in there. With that said, Bristol, the Bristol night race. In my opinion, since we don't have the Brickyard, I still like to have four crown jewels. In my opinion, this is a crown jewel for this year. Um, the Bristol night race used to be like the hottest ticket in NASCAR. It's still a great ticket. It's still a great venue. Ever since they knocked the banking or they screwed up the banking, they repaved the track, they screwed it up. This The Highline Bristol, that ain't, it's awesome racing. If they had cloned Bristol and made, you know, Highline Bristol and, you know, old school Bristol, then, you know, you run a uh, regular Bristol once and then you have the night race that, you, you know, instead of putting dirt on the damn racetrack, um, I think you guys get what you're trying to say. I don't know if I'm articulating properly, but um, uh, they screwed it up in 2007. That's that's what happened. They've tried to fix it. It's still great. Last year's race was chaotic, but it was chaotic because of tires. I, The tire thing, we still have flat tires, but we've had, since we've been racing heavy stock cars at 190 mile an hour, since the, you know, the dawn of the moonshiners, there's always been quote unquote tire issues. But the tire thing has not been as big a deal. I think we saw a couple issues in practice. Well, the track wasn't was green. A couple of tire issues in the race. One, most of it, you know, puncture for Truex, and then a couple of just tire failures. So um, I don't know that tires are going to be the big story. I don't know that the racing is going to be the best. But again, it could decide somebody's championship fate, and probably going to have some wild moments. We had a big wreck there last year. I remember coming home from New Smyrna on a Saturday night and watching all 500 laps. Oh, yes, thank God, a 500-lap race. NASCAR races are supposed to be long. They're supposed to be grueling. This shortening races thing sucks. So I'm so glad that the dirt is off of Bristol and we're racing 500 laps under the lights. Should be a great race. And um, my plan is to ignore my phone while I'm working the Armadillo 100, come home, unwind, and watch 500 laps of Bristol. And if I got to wake up Sunday morning before football and watch the race, then dang it, I will. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I, th- I think it'll be fun. Um, again, looking at the points, let me just go over that real quick because it, it is that time of year where we got we to pay attention to that. So locked in, uh, Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick, Danny Hamlin's third, William Byron fourth, Brad Kozlowski, Ryan Blaney. I say all those guys are pretty safe. Kyle Busch, um, He's got a good cushion. Ross Chastain in eighth, ninth for Christopher Bell. He's tied with Chris Buescher, who, man, was 
Chris Buescher should have been locked in if that tire didn't go down. Uh, cars on the bubble are Joey Logano and Kevin Harvick. They are, let's see, Truex is nine points out, and then Bubba Wallace is 19 points out. And then Ricky's down out, so Michael McDowell, they're done. Uh, unless they somehow miraculously win, that's the, the only way they're going to make it the next round, and they both can't make it. So I, I say Stenhouse and McDowell are unfortunately done. Just a couple of tough races with not a lot of playoff points doomed them, but great for those teams to make the playoffs. I mean, that's a big deal, and I think their six, uh, seasons are considered a success. So see how it plays out. We'll talk about our first round of eliminations Um Speaking of the other series, uh, let's see, Xfinity playoffs ended at Kansas this weekend. Parker Kligerman outdueled Riley Herbst to make the playoffs, so Herbst on the outside. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek wins the race, wins the regular season championship, has like 61 playoff points, looking great for Phoenix already. Um, Trucks, their first round is over, and not making it, I believe, was Matt Crafton and, unfortunately, Matt Benedetto, who does not have a ride for next year. So we'll see what's going to happen there. Uh, that's a quick update on the rest of the series. So with that said, um, got a lot to do in segment three, a lot of racing to look at. Going to make it quick. Um, we'll double-check everybody's brackets for the challenge next week. I, I need you guys to get your, uh, your payments in. Please get with me. Uh, I can do PayPal. I can do cash. Um, we'll figure something out. Just make sure you get that in so that uh, I, I, right now it's guaranteed at $25. That's where I'm at because everybody's got to pay to get in this thing uh, so that I have money to, to give away. But it's guaranteed $25 with what I have so far. So thank you to those that have paid. Those that have not, please get with me. So again, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back for around the state. I have NASCAR power rankings. I did not, I'm sorry, I did not have a chance to do uh, Florida power rankings. It just wasn't in the cards for uh, how busy this week has been. So I apologize for that. Again, I think I'm going to go a different direction with that next year. Anywho, but uh, we'll, we'll stay with it for the rest of the year and we'll see where we end up. So we'll be back after this for segment number three. I'm going to take a quick moment here and thank some of our great sponsors with the Racing with Ryan podcast, including American Auto Tires in Service, located at 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. You can give them a call at 386-428-1941. Of course, that is EJ's company. And if you need anything done, tires, service, you name it, they have you covered. So make sure you stop into American Auto. Or, of course, you can always get with EJ if you're at New Smyrna. Uh, he, you can find him pretty easily in the tire room or driving the pace car. They have all kinds of great deals. Um, look, I'm in the market for some tires. I'm going to be stopping in there in the next couple of months and getting my tires down there because I wouldn't trust anybody else because I know EJ is going to take care of us. They offer everything from free visual AC checks, tires, maintenance, repairs, any kind of service you need. They even have wheels. So American Auto Tires and Service, your one-stop shop in the New Smyrna area for anything that you need done. So make sure you check them out again. 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna, New Smyrna Beach, 386-428-1941. Stop in and see your friends at American Auto. We also thank DeBerry Paint and Body for coming on board as a sponsor. Uh, of course, that is the two Manellos. So let's just say you get into a little bit of a fender bender and you don't want to go through your insurance because you know they're probably going to hike up your rates and you're going to pay for a deductible and you're still going to have to pay for all this stuff. 
make sure you check out DeBerry Paint and Body because they will go ahead and handle that for you. If you got a scuffed up fender, if you got some dents in a bumper, if you got a door that needs replaced, DeBerry Paint and Body will take care of all of that. Um, they are open until about six o'clock each day, and you can get in touch with them by giving them a call at 386 320 0267, and they're located at 400 Chairman Court, Suite 200 in DeBerry, Florida, 32713. And again, their hours are typically 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. on the weekdays and 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Saturdays because, you know, they got to get out to the racetrack and whatnot. So uh, if you need any body work done, paint, body, whatever you need, make sure you check out DeBerry Paint and Body. We also thank our good buddy, Mr. Andy Morrison with Never Give Up. Andy's always at the New Smyrna Speedway supporting our racers and even supporting the little ones over at the little news motor speedway for the quarter midget racing you can typically find andy friday and saturday at the new smyrna speedway he has some great items for sale and sometimes he gives those items away he's got all kinds of great things for his um for his company never give up he's got plaques he's got hats he's got stickers i know a lot of the bomber guys run the never give up sticker on their car and, and really i think everybody could could use that message these days never give up Keep doing you and keep supporting what you love, just like Andy does. And we appreciate his support here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. We also thank Hank Baker for coming on board as a supporter here with the show. Um, he'll be on for the next uh, next handful of episodes, and we really appreciate him. Really great guy. Uh, we miss him in the pit area this year, but uh, if you see Hank, talk with him. He's, he's got some uh, some great racing knowledge, and it's always a pleasure to be around. We also thank Bromley Motorsports for coming on board as a sponsor here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Of course, you can primarily find the Bromleys running at New Smyrna Speedway. They have a couple of Bomber Bs, the six machines out there for Bromley Motorsports, and they have some pro trucks that they run occasionally as well. Sometimes you can find them out at the dirt tracks having a little bit of fun as well. But we appreciate Bromley Motorsports for coming on board to support the show. So make sure you check them out next time you're at the New Smyrna Speedway. We also thank Jeff White Racing for coming back on board as a sponsor here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Of course, Jeff White Racing can be found bouncing between the Auburndale Speedway and the new Smyrna Speedway. Jeffrey White, driver of the 41 E-Mod slash A-Mod, has been one of the dominant forces. So if you're looking to get on board with a good racing team, make sure you check out Jeff White Racing and check them out at the Bullring at Auburndale and the big track over at the new Smyrna Speedway. We thank them for coming back on board and supporting the show. We appreciate everybody's support. And again, if you'd like to come on board as an anchor sponsor, um, you can do that. If you'd like to just be a supporter, like our friends Hank and, and Ken, Doug, Fast Cracker Racing, Andy, you name it, uh, you can do that too. We charge just $5 an episode. The amount of episodes is up to you. You can do a year. You can do 10 episodes. You can do one. It all helps, and we appreciate it greatly. Thank you guys for your support, and we'll let you get back to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to the third See, I'm already tired, and I haven't even started this segment. There's a lot to do. Um, third and final segment here. I think we'll go ahead and start with kind of transition off the last segment and go quickly into NASCAR Power Rankings for Bristol. Uh, coming in 15th for the first time in the Power Rankings all season long, let's welcome the most popular driver, Mr. Chase Elliott. Um, I just couldn't put McDowell or Stenhouse back in here. Uh, I liked seeing Chase up front, and definitely I, I would say his best run since he came back from injury, uh, maybe the road course race, but best overall, like normal race for Chase. So he's 15th. 
Christopher Bell remains 14th. I know he finished 8th this week and overcame some issues, but the issues are going to doom that team, and I just don't feel good for them. I think they'll be okay at Bristol, but I don't feel good for them in the round of 12. Bubba Wallace with the flat tire and the disappointing finish. He drops three spots to 13th. Ross Chastain pit uh, issues for the first time all year. He's going to drop one spot to 12th. Kevin Harvick jumps up two spots to 11th with a solid run and on the verge of making it to the next round. Uh, Let's see. Joey Logano up two spots to 10th. This team, they dig. When they are not the best, they get to playoff time, and they dig, and he digs up two spots to 10th. Ryan Blaney still 9th. Kyle Busch still 8th. So no movement there. This is where the shuffle begins. Chris Buescher, I hate to do it, but he drops four spots down to 7th from 3rd a week ago. That flat tire kind of took away... That was his 15 points. His 15 points he got for winning races earlier in the season. Um, excuse me. That is all but gone. So he's got to dig now and do something. He's got to, I mean, he won at Bristol last year, so who's downing him, right? William Byron with the span of the mediocre 15th place finish drops two positions down to sixth. Brad Kozlowski picks up two spots, won a stage, kind of faded a little bit towards the end, but still a top 10 run, looking solid to make the round of 12. So Brad moves up to fifth in the rankings. Tyler Reddick, a big jump here for our race winner. He goes from sixth to fourth. A couple weeks ago, I had him outside the top 10, and he has worked his way up, and he is, again, he's locked in the round of 12, so he's up in the top four in our standings. Martin Truex, a loser here this week, of course, with the tire going down on lap three. He drops two spots to third in the rankings. He had been first the last couple of weeks. I think it's the longest I've had somebody in first for much of the year. Uh, and then I have Carl Larson still second. And Denny Hamlin, he makes a big jump this week, and I, I just, I, I don't know, man. Dominated Darlington, shoulda, coulda, woulda won this event, and then didn't. So Denny Hamlin is our new number one of the Power Kings going into Bristol. I could see him winning. He's won the night race before. I could see him winning this weekend, and I could see him being a, he's a championship player. I think he'll be in Phoenix going for the championship and probably going to have one of his best shots to win it. So we'll see how that plays out. We will move on now. Let's do around the state. Let's take a look at what went down this weekend. Um, We did have a couple of different tracks in action. Citrus County was able to get a normal show in this week. Auburndale had twin super late races, and I believe that, uh, yes, uh, Showtime rained out. So we are going to take a look at Auburndale, and we're going to take a look at Citrus results. I don't have any insight on these guys. Um Again, you can tune in to the Hot Mike Show on Wednesday nights on Facebook, and you can get insight from uh, Matt Nyer, Steve Darling, Austin Griffiths, and the rest of us. Um, so let's just take a look at the results. Starting at Auburndale, because it's all in one place here. Patrick Staropoli wins Super Late Model Race number one. They had 20 late models signed in. I believe 19 and 18 cars, respectively, started those races. So great turnout, awesome stuff. Uh, Patrick Starr wins race number one. Cody Stickler in the house car in second. TJ DeCare, you see why he decided to go to Auburndale because, listen, it was a smart business decision there. Um, probably not going to be able to hold up right away for the championship anyway, so I think he made the best move for himself here. Third place in race one. Colin Allman, fourth. Chase Lovelady, fifth. Listen to the names they had. Good, good South Florida racers here. Uh, Michael Goddard, 6th. Nick Neary, 7th. Charlie Brown, 8th. ninth for Bray Holmes, 10th for Carter Brown. Then it was Hunter Lovelady, 
Brian Dora, Robert Jonas, Abigail Jonas, John Guy struggled, which is unfortunate. Uh, he finished 15th. And it was Cody Crucker, Sean Lamaster, David Weaver, Richard Elkins, and Dylan Williams with the DNS. In a race number two, it would be the man who, if I had time to sit down and do power rankings, spoiler alert, he's still... Listen, Cody Stickler is the Florida power ranking, okay? He wins race number two ahead of Colin Allman and TJ DeCare, another third-place finish. TJ, I can bump him up two spots from last week, okay? Patrick Starpoli, great day for him. He's fourth. In fifth was Michael Goddard. Chase Lovelady, sixth. Seventh was Bray Holmes. Eighth was Nick Neary. Cody Crucker, ninth. Carter Brown in tenth. Charlie Brown, Brian Dorr, Sean LeMaster, Dave Weaver, John Guy, Robert Jonas, Richard Elkins, Hunter Lovelady, and Abigail Jonas. Rounding at your field in race number two. Fast qualifier on the day was John Guy. Out of that uh, pretty stout 20-car field. Pure stocks were also in action, and they had a solid field of 14. Daniel McLean and that beautiful, I forget what the sponsor is, but it's got like boneless wings on the side. Beautiful race car. When I saw it two weeks ago, it made me hungry. Uh, so it's working, and it's uh, not only working with the sponsorship side, but he's fast, and he won. Guess who didn't win, guys? James Wright. He started 14th on the grid and finished 5th. So somebody finally beat James Wright, and it was Daniel McLean. Mike Smith was 2nd. Uh, Blaine Bear was third. That's a new name. Casey Hall was fourth. Then it was James Wright, Josh Cole, Jacob McCordale, Billy Barnes, Johnny Cassidy, and Dale Tillery, your top 10 for the Pierce Docks. Heat race wins went to Mike Smith and Jacob McCordale. In the SRQ Texas mini stocks, field of 11, William Kearns gets some revenge. He gets the win, gets to keep it. No DQ this week. Zach Dees was second. Mike Ingle third. Bill Witherington fourth. TJ Cruz, fifth in the 78 car. Uh, then it was Jay Roberts, Eddie Davis, Bobby Kelly, Chuck Mattingly, and Bray Ganey, the top 10. Heat race win went to Jay Roberts in the 47. Crown Vicks were at action. Let's see how many they have this week. Quite a few, 24. 24 Crown Vicks, awesome stuff. Jimmy McLeod gets the win over Mike Smith. A lot of Mike Smiths. Austin Taylor, and shout out to Mike Smith who listens to. Uh, Mike Bauer in fourth. Fifth for Mike Wilson, Chance Sossaman, Zach Briggs, Lloyd Freeman, Anthony Mahan, and Brian Farmery. Your top 10 for the Crown Vicks. Heat race wins. They had three heats. That's pretty cool. Dustin Wilson wins heat number one. Zach Briggs, heat number two. And heat number three goes to Mike Smith. Mini Cups. Holy cow. 13 Mini Cups in the pits. 12 started the feature. Daisy Fuller takes the win over Tegan Briggs, Russell Bush, J.C. Beattie and Lila Fuller. So that's pretty exciting for the Mini Cups. They had two heats. Tegan Briggs, winner of the first one, and Daisy Fuller, winner of the second one. So, man, kudos to Auburndale, man. They are killing it this year. Great turnouts, great car counts. I mean, every time I've been there, great competition, a lot of fun. I mean, the Knights, I mean, I, feel, I did a whole show on Auburndale a week ago, if y'all listened, and if you didn't, go back and do so. It was, it's a lot of fun. I... It's my favorite thing about doing the show. I when I'm able to get to other racetracks, I got some like a different, you know, bit of content for you. So, anyways, Auburndale continues to have a good time with things. So, Citrus County back in action. We haven't talked about Citrus in a while. Last thing they did was three, four weeks ago. They had a Crasherama type event. Um, so I have pulled up their results from Speed Hive here, and we're going to take a look at what happened. And we're going to start off with the Sportsman. They had twin sportsman features, nine cars in race number one. Anthony Cataldi 
the winner over Eric Sharon and Tyler Schofield. Jeff Gilbo was fourth, fifth for Lucas Hinton, followed by Andy Nichols, Chris Allen, James Batson, and Earl Beckner. Uh, Batson and Beckner must have wrecked out on lap nine. Uh, so that was sportsman feature number one. Sportsman feature number two. Uh, only, damn, only seven cars made it. Tough night there. Eric Sharon wins sportsman feature number two, followed by Anthony Cataldi, Lucas Hinton, Jeff Gilbo, Andy Nichols, Chris Allen, and Tyler Schofield disqualified. And apparently the Schofields have been banned from Citrus County. I, you know, I saw it. I saw a post on Facebook and I didn't read into it because I'm just so tired of this, you know, people getting thrown out here. People just behave yourselves, man. When the night doesn't go your way, just pack your shit up and come back the next week and do better. That's all I can really say. I hate people getting banned from racetracks. We're running out of racetracks and some of y'all are running out of places to go. I mean, damn, I hate it. I, I, I like for you guys to be able to go to different places. And and I like good stories. Good stories. Uh, let's see what else was in action. Pure stocks were in action. Seven, nope, a lot more than seven. 17 cars. So good turnout there. Uh, so let's see who did well. Cody Struble, the winner over Richie Smith. So the Citrus guy's back on top here. Sport Wilson was third. Caleb Grossenbacher, fourth. Larry Welter Jr., fifth. Billy Smith in sixth. And it was Sammy Coghill, Don Teague, Doc Batson, and Kenner Brown, the third, rounding out the top ten. Like I said, good field of cars. Uh, when it loaded, it only showed me seven, and I was like, man, I hope they did better than that. Um, mini stocks were in action. They had 13 of those, a couple DQs. So Stephen Paulson Sr. gets the win over Ricky Scheid. Danny Fox is third. Michael Raley fourth. Fifth for Philip Vest. Dakota Cushing, Greg Valdez, Amber Peters, Lombaro, Wyatt. The best. That's the best name ever. Uh, she was, I believe that's a she in eighth, ninth for Michael Nanfelt, and tenth for Greg Johnson. A lot of racing here at Citrus, so a lot of lot to get through here. Um, Legends cars, I believe this is Legends cars. Um, first one, I guess they had twins, so the first feature goes to Jesse Martinez, followed by Jared Hole, Cameron White, Carlin Ray, and Anastasia Markovic. The top five there. L feature two, that's what it says. So I'm guessing that's Legends cars. And judging by the names, I think I'm right. Uh, Jesse Martinez, back-to-back, wins that one over Carlin Ray, Jared Hawley, Cameron White, and, and Anastasia Markovic, almost a carbon copy. Figure eight, uh, Ford figure eight. Only six participated, and it would be Chucky Hearn getting the win over Frank Maness. Uh, Keith Saverell, Jesse Veltman, Thomas Pete, Eric Sharon, your finishers there. Ford Outlaw feature, so... 24 Ford Outlaws at Auburndale, 16 at Citrus, and Jesse Veltman gets the victory over there. He's having a great year up there. Uh, Tom, <clears throat> excuse me, Thomas Pete, second, Clint Hicks, third, Clayton Coe, fourth, fifth for Frank Maness, Ty Ottinger, Keith Saverell, Kent Brooks, Ricky Kelly, and Chris Larson, your top 10. A couple more. D feature, Dwarf Cars, uh, only... Only four, and James McGordy got the win over Christopher McGordy, Jeff Wolf, and Mark Torville. Then we had two splits of Bandolera's Bando Pro. That went to Bryson Carlbert, to no surprise. Addison Martinez second, Sadie Parsons third, and a field of six. And then um, the other Bandos, Bandos, Bandos Beginners, I believe. Four cars, it would be Landon Heaton getting the win over Mason Welter, Luke Forian, and John Willis. So those are the, let's look at the results from 
Citrus County. Glad they're back racing normal stuff. Uh, still got to make, I still haven't been able to get back out there in a while. So hopefully by the end of the year, we'll take another trip over to Citrus and see what things are really like over there. Um, shout out to the New Smyrna Quarter Midget Association. Great day of racing. I, I just see some great stuff over there, man. I, I, th- these, these are young kids. Like they remind me of me in little league. I see these kids flipping over, getting right back out there and going out and winning. Um, it breaks my heart when one of them gets in a wreck and I, I hear him whimper. Um, makes me sad, man. Cause I'm like, I couldn't imagine racing cars that young. I don't, I don't know that I could do that. And these kids, so, some really good racing out there and just so much fun. Uh, such a good group of, of families out there. And I'm, uh, you know, even though it's the, uh, the, what I like to call the close open at work new smarter than go work new smarter in the morning. Um, stuff on an old man, but God, I wouldn't give it up for the world. I, I so much enjoy it and, uh, just, uh, enjoy being a part uh, of the future of racing over there. So that's a quick look at around the state here in Florida, but I, I want to take a moment since we do have a little bit of time. I want to go look at Thunder Road because they were back in action Friday night. They are having a Florida of a season up there because they got to the last feature event, Mother Nature Rain. They've only got one more regular show, I believe, and then the Milk Bowl. So this coming Friday night at Thunder Road is championship night. I believe there's seven late models in contention for the championship within like seven, eight, ten points. And then there's like four or five Tigers. So the top two divisions are separated by next to nothing. Like the heat races and features are going to be very exciting. So I do want to take a look at our results, if I can find them from Friday night. Let me see what I can find here real quick. Um, nail binding finishes. Yes. So this will lead up to championship night. Okay. So here are quick results and I'm not going to, I'll do the top five. Um, again, if you're not watching Thunder Road on floor, you're missing out. Great weekly racetrack. So the races that they did get in saw Nick Sweet in the late models get the victory, holding off Stephen Donahue. The rain came right at the end of the late model race. Donahue was closing in on Nick Sweet. Rain came with like three to go. Race was called. So Nick Sweet gets the win. Donahue second. Kyle Pembroke third. Fourth for Marcel Gravel. And fifth for Cody Schoolcraft, who started as a green rookie. Never raced here before. And uh, it's, it's not easy when you don't race late model at Thunder Road to be competitive. It takes time. And they have really turned it up at the end of the season here. Uh, I'll give you car counts as well uh, as as they've got down at the end of the season. 19 late models on hand for that event. The Flying Tigers saw Cooper French get his second win in a row. Um, got the win via Tech last week. Got the win on the racetrack this week, so good job to Cooper. Cameron Dillette was second. Third for Cameron Powers. I'm sorry, Logan Powers. Fourth for Kyle Streeter and Jason Pelkey. Fifth. Um, field of 18 for the Tigers. That's their lowest of the season, but Things have gotten kind of wild and crazy for the Tigers, so um, hopefully they rebound this weekend. Uh, the street stocks, the four-cylinder class, the win went to Cam Powers. He's had an up-and-down kind of year. And then championship leader Jimmy Dopp in the zero was second. Tyler Whittemore third, fourth for Kyler Davis, and Dean Switzer Jr. fifth. I believe Jimmy Dopp is in line for the championship with a decent run on Friday. That would be his first. There were, were, there <laughs> We had 27 street stocks in the pits, so that's pretty awesome. And then the Warriors were rained out. They will run a double feature on Fridays. A little bonus racing coming up. So it's a quick look at Thunder Road. The championship battles are going to be worth tuning in for on Friday. So my racing plans this weekend. Thursday night, I'm going to watch because I'm in football mode right now. So I'm going to watch a little football on Amazon. Then I'm going to watch the truck race. 
And then on Friday, I'm going to watch Thunder Road. And then I'm going to watch the Xfinity race. And then I'm going to go to New Smyrna on Saturday for the Armadillo. And then I'm going to come home and I'm going to watch the cup race from Bristol. And then I'm going to watch football on Sunday. And I am going to be dead. I am going to be a blob of death on Sunday. Just, I'm too old to be doing this. But I, I like to pretend that instead of 35, I'm 25. I can do it. So, going to be another busy week in motorsports. Going to have plenty to talk about. And um, on next week's show, we do have a special guest who's going to be calling in. Um, set that up today, which is why I can tell you about it now. Um, so, I, I think it's going to be a little bit different uh, of an interview. But I think it's going to be something that some of you all may find quite useful that can help alleviate some of the quote-unquote financial pains of racing if you give it a chance. So um, we'll have that and a lot more on next week's show. Last thing I got to do, and I hope it doesn't take forever to load like it did last week, but it probably will. I want to take a look at our Racing with Ryan podcast, Fantasy League. While that loads, let me give you five drivers that I think you need to have in your Bristol lineup. Christopher Bell, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, Brad Keselowski, Chris Buescher. Pick those five drivers. You'll probably be okay. Wild card this weekend. Hear me out. Because of where he is in the points, this is a driver I wouldn't normally consider as a wild card, but Martin Truex Jr. The reason I could say he's a wild card and that maybe you don't want him on your your bracket, but maybe you do want to take a chance because he needs to have a good run because he's on the outside of looking in on the round of 12. He only has like four top five finishes there but he's going to be digging. And I think Martin Truex is going to kind of surprise you a little bit because he's going to have to. So those are just five real quick. Again, you got to play the strategy and hope it all comes together for you. So let me take a look at the league standings here. The Racing with Ryan podcast, Fantasy League. How did we do in Kansas? Let's take a look at the five top five scores. Finally, I had a good week. We had a tie up at the top of the board with 222 points, Staffordshire Motorsports and King Penguin, one and two. And I was just five points back with 217. So finally, I had a good week. It feels good to be back in the top. Um, kind of an up and down fantasy week for fantasy football too. Uh, but again, that I saved that for my podcast you don't know about. Uh, Big Timpin Motorsports in fourth with 192. Richie Petty Jr. fifth with 178. So let's take a look at the overall standings because I, I must be... I didn't see John Gross in the top five, so um, let me take a look at the overall standings. John Gross, Bomber 93, is the championship leader with 5,236. Bob's Fords, as Bob say, he's second. Staffordshire Motorsports, third. Bob Wallace, 23XI, fourth. Big Temp in fifth. I'm sitting in sixth. But the top six, hell, the top seven, separated by about 300 points. So it's very close. Should be fun to watch. There's also a playoff sorting here, which I just noticed. Let me check that out. How are the playoffs going? King Penguin leading the playoff standings. Uh, Bubba Wallace, 23XI. That's SRQ Taxes. Third and second. Third for Staffordshire Motorsports. I'm fifth and Bob's Fords. I'm sorry. I'm fourth and Bob's Fords is fifth. So, um, again, we're going to break down the brackets. I'm going to let you know who's still in. If we don't have, if Martin Truex doesn't make it, I think everybody's bracket's going to be busted. And I'm going to have to calculate some points and figure out who won this thing. But what I'm going to do, if that's the case, um, if everybody is out, I'm going to look at your Final Four breakdown, and we might do a winner-take-all at Phoenix to see who wins this thing. So we'll figure that out. Stay tuned. I have a plan. 
Um, it just involves a lot of math. So Martin Truex, please, for the love of God, make it. So this segment continues. So anyways, guys, thank you for tuning in as always. Um, great, great time at New Smyrna on Saturday night. Looking forward to the Armadillo this week. I get to go just be goofy and have fun. Don't have to take anything serious. So that's going to be fun. Uh, Bristol, Thunder Road, football. It's a great time to be alive if you if you enjoy sports. So uh, with that said, y'all take care. Get out and go somewhere. I know there's a lot of racing going on. We'll cover it all on next week's show. And we'll check in with our special guest and, um, you know, whatever else ends up spinning our way. So until next week, y'all take care. We will talk to you again. Thanks for listening. Thank you to all of our sponsors. You guys are the best. Talk to you later. Bye.